getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's Fergus. I'm joined today by, as always, Gunnar Hilsey. Um, I'm also joined by uh, Dale Boy, um, Dale uh, Posh Gunnar, and uh, a guy watching all watch all those bad, bad, bad bitches, isn't it? In Denmark, uh, you're looking at you're looking... all the bad cunts. Alex, is that a, is that a new hairstyle? Or are you wearing a baseball cap made out of hair? What do you mean? Turn your head. That's it. Look at sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh fade made. <laughs> it's a bit cool that. It's a bit cool that hair. Do I might have mine like that, Alex? I can. I can give you some of mine if you want to. <laughs> yeah, you do with it, <laughs> lads. Um, it's been it's been a long, 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 long nine, ten days, whatever it's been since we uh, beat Palace five 0 What was it? It's... Yeah, it's about nine days, isn't it? Um, we had FA Cup football over the weekend. What was it like, Trev, watching the FA Cup? Uh, I saw on uh, the text that Lyle, but in one of the groups, um, it was very much FOMO, fear of missing out. And then watching the Liverpool game against Norwich, thinking, well, that should have been us. What What did you make of the weekend? What did you make of missing out on it? What did you? How did it feel? Mate, I... I... I loved the football at the weekend, right? Obviously, I'm gutted that we're not playing and we're not in the yeah. draw because the FA Cup, I think, to us Oldens, it don't, it maybe it means more. I don't know the passion of the FA Cup, but it returned. It ain't been there for a long time, is it? The passion returned at the weekend. We had Maidstone going to a side that are pressing at the top of the championship and turning them over at their own place. We had yeah. Newport last night put up a great show against a great show against. Uh, Man United, you know, and on another day, could have got a result. And every and it, it was just lovely to see the crowds. And there's been talk, hasn't there, about they want to drop replays, they want to make first rounds seeded or whatever it is. I hate the thought of that. The thought of that scares me because if you lose the passion of the FA Cup, then you lose the FA Cup. You know, you, if you lose the fact that tiny teams can come and look for a replay to earn more money and the fans can make little silver FA Cups. They always do it, don't they? You know, if we'll lose all them people, all them people, it'll be another stab in the back from the big boys to the little boys. And I think it's best left alone. It really is best left alone. You know, it's it's a great cup competition. I've seen many a years, you know, I've seen us play Sheffield Wednesday five times in with three replays in a week. And I've seen us play Liverpool four times in, in one round and, God, the, the, the pressure and the and the tension and the enjoyment and yeah, the players are knackered. They are tired after all them games, but they're paid enough. I don't get it. I just don't get it. You know. Mm, no, Dale, um, FA Cup. Uh, I, I do hope that's a real Guinness. The January's nearly over. It's not a, one of the zero ones, is it? <laughs> uh, Dale, uh, FA Cup weekend. What, what was it? You're on mute, mate. Um, you're doing a Trev. Um, what Whoa. did it mean to you? Oh, <laughs> what did it mean to you? Uh, what did you? What games did you watch? What stood out for you? 
Um, so I caught uh, a bit of the, the, the Maidstone game um, and also the Newport Man United game. It was quite nice having to watch a game without caring about the result. But I, mm. I, again, like Trev said, it was it was disappointing not to be involved because that's our competition, right? Um, regardless of your age, regardless of whatever, even even fans 20, 25 years old, they'll know that that's our competition. Um, so it was disappointing. But uh, you mentioned Maidstone. Can I just say as well, well what, a, what a goal that first goal was, from what I understand as well, was his first goal uh, for the club, let alone yes. uh, on, on the occasion as well. So what a finish that was. But uh, it's the magic yeah. of the cup, right? These things happen. Well, it, it is. And there was 98 places between Ipswich and Maidstone. I know we're all going to talk about Maidstone and everything else a lot because, it's, as you say, it's the magic of the cup. Uh, but they actually put up a really good fight. Uh, they, it just shows, though, that if you take your chances, you can win the games. Uh, Ipswich had 30 opportunities to uh, on goal, uh, shots on goal, and uh, didn't score any. And Maystone took the two chances, scored them, and they're through to the next round. Where have seen statistics from Ferg before? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very similar, yeah. Sorry, similar story, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe in the last round of the FA Cup uh, or in 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 the the Premier League over summer at the Emirates Stadium, uh, yeah, very 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 similar. Uh, the great thing for Maidstone is they've received three hundred thirty thousand um, pounds from that round, which will re- renew their pitch and also increase the capacity of their stadium uh, to five thousand. And Trev will know what it's like going to some of those stadiums because you go to Boston and Lincoln and a few. Well, Lincoln's bigger, but uh, some of the some of the smaller stadiums there. Uh, Alex, it's interesting to understand what it's like for you uh, overseas watching the FA Cup. How it's perceived overseas and what coverage you get because. It's not covered by Sky, it's covered by terrestrial TV. And I know some of us who would never use illegal streaming services, it gets um, harder to find some of the the games on there. Yeah, well, of course, um, we actually do get quite good coverage. Um, I watched the the Wolves game, um, which was covered by by Danish television. They had commentators in the ground as well. So we're fortunate to get um, good coverage of the FA Cup and I feel like it's always been emphasized in Denmark as well how much the the FA Cup means um so I mean we're quite lucky um to get good coverage of it um and I think Trev summed it up it was just a magical magical FA Cup round it had it had everything it had the big clashes um and of course like always Tottenham going out um it had the 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 smaller teams uh slaying some of the giants um United almost slipping up. Um, it was just the perfect round. And then, um, speaking of Denmark tonight, we have the the former Danish captain uh, Jondale Thomason. He's going up against Wrexham. Um, so that that's quite a lot. Um, that that takes up quite a lot of uh, space in the media today as well. Um, so it's it just like Trev said. I I really hope they keep um, the FA Cup as it is at the moment. Because um, it just has this this special magic that that other um, cups and, and tournaments don't have. Hmm. And it's really interesting seeing some of the different countries that uh, are uh, different channels that are covered in different countries. If you want to stick in the chat, like I know Arnie's in in Iceland and uh, uh, a few of the others are in the states, just stick in uh, in the chat where you're from and how long you've been watching us. It'd just be interesting to to get a get a feel. Uh, of what we are, uh, how, how, where we're reaching and everything else. Um, tomorrow night, uh, we're in that Illuminous strip, um, uh, uh, Dale, and we're up against um, <clears throat> Nottingham Forest. Sorry, there's something stuck in my throat. Um, 
uh, last two visits there haven't been fantastic. Our last two games haven't been great. Trev, we've been there as well. Uh, you know, the FA Cup game where we played all white. And then last season, the last away game, uh, we came away with no points. Um, you know, Arsenal, uh, the, I think Forrest are looking to do four consecutive home wins over Arsenal in all competitions. What's your expectation um, of the game, Dale, uh, tomorrow. What 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 are you you're hoping for? You know, Forest aren't great currently, not like they were last season. No, I agree. Um, what am I hoping for? All my expectations, um, because they're expectations totally probably. Yeah, I expect it to be a lot harder than what people think it'll be. Um, yeah. I think they'll they'll really uh, they'll come at us. I think they'll press us quite high and not allow us to play football because if they do, they know they're in for a game of football. And if it comes down to football versus football, we win that hands down. Um, I do believe we've got enough in the tank to win it. I think it'll be a lot closer than what people are thinking. Um, and if I had to put my prediction on it, which I'm guessing we'll do shortly, but I'll put mine out there early doors, I think it'll be a, a tight win. Um, I'd like to say I'll keep see us keeping a clean sheet, but there's talks of Gabriel being out, uh, potentially Declan Rice as well, failing like uh, pending late fitness tests. Um, so I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to the Arsenal. Oh, you just moved us on about 20 minutes into our conversation. You've got right, predictions mate. already. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was thrown out there early. I didn't say how early. <laughs> um, um, uh, Trev, your expectations of the game, and, you know, Dale's right. I'm not expecting an easy game. It's a noisy, noisy venue. It's going to be under the lights. Yeah. Uh, we know what it was like up there in the FA Cup, and it, it, they had fireworks after they got through, uh, yeah. uh, after Eddie couldn't head a goal. And... The last time we went there, it was twenty six thousand deafening. Yeah, I um, firstly, I can't move on from the FA Cup without reiterating what you said, Fergus. And it's really important that it's known that the FA Cup is a lifeline to many small clubs, many small clubs for reaching the first round, quality, blah blah, whatever it is. They pick up a thousand or two, and to these small clubs, a thousand pound is like five million to our big clubs. You know, it really is a lifeline. So I just had to say that, Ferg, because you nailed it, mate. But as for tomorrow, I don't know what to expect, to be honest. We, we went there in, in the cup, didn't we? And just didn't turn up. Just didn't turn up and got comfortably beaten. And then last year we went in the league and I'm thinking, right, here we go. We'll learn from last year and we're going to quieten the crowd and we're going to play to our best. And, and we did it again. I mean, we lost 1-0, mm. but we didn't look like scoring all game, did we? And... And um, the crowd, you mentioned it first, the crowd at Forest, they're loud anyway. But once they get their backs up, once they get a sniff that their team are in with a real shout of winning a game, they're the noisiest crowd I know. For a, for a smallest ground, 26,000, 28,000, they're the noisiest crowd I know. And I think that's the most important point tomorrow. Um, we, need to, we need to put pressure, not necessarily score early, but we need to look like scoring early. You know, we need to worry the crowd. And then the crowd will calm down. Because I think the crowd had a massive, um, were a massive factor in us not performing last year. I'm sure it affected our players. So we've got to stop that happening tomorrow. And us as fans can do our bit. We're all there tomorrow. Us as fans can do our bit. And hopefully the players will do their bit. We're quiet in the Forest crowd. And we nick a 1-0 to the Arsenal. That would do me perfectly, Ferg. There, there, there were a few factors in, in, in that uh uh, game. It was yeah. our last away game. By that stage, the league had slipped from us, and I think it was a bit of a disappointment among fans and among the players. Plus, I think um, if 
Forest got a draw against us this state Premier League, so they, they were like really up for it. Alex, uh, if we look at um, Arsenal, Arsenal have gone uh, three Premier League away games without a victory. There are only two wins in the last seven on the road, Ken, courtesy of two late goals. We've drawn two and uh, lost three. Uh, and those late away goals are against Luton and against Brentford. But on the opposite side, you've got uh, Forest, and their uh, most common league result this season is a 3-2 defeat, which has happened five times. So they are leaky. Uh, <laughs> and another stat, just to just stat uh, dump on stuff, we are the most successful uh, team on the road for keeping clean sheets. Where do you see the game going? Yeah, I mean... Um... Looking at stats, uh, I can see you've written down another stat to to just to bring bring that in, which is the the set pieces, which I think is going to be key in this game. Um, we're the best team from set pieces this season, and they're one of the worst. Um, they've scored two goals this season from set pieces, and we've scored thirteen. Um, and just looking at their last match against um, Brentford, uh, two of their goals came on the back of set pieces. Uh, one one was the the free kick from Tony, then they conceded a, a corner, and then the last one was a cross into the box. So I really think um, that's an area where we can continue the momentum we built from from the Palace game and and take that into the Forest game and and hopefully um, use that to to seal seal the victory against a, a Forest team. Like you said, they're gonna they're gonna be loud. They've got loud fans, um, so it can be a really tricky game. But I think one of the keys to Unlocking their defences is, is um, the set pieces. Mm. It's a good, a really good point, actually. And we did get two very good goals with Gabby. Yeah. Hopefully, he's fit um, uh, from the set pieces and the Odegaard socks thing, and which is all outed on 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 matter today. The other, it's been the, found the other out. <laughs> it's been found out. Um, Trevor, this could be uh, start twenty twenty four with um, three. Uh, sorry, two. Um, Winning uh, all our January fixtures, like it's been a quiet January, like our league fixtures. Um, you know, Bakaya Saka has also been quiet. There's some players who uh, Dale talked about who uh, could be missing in Rice and and Gabriel. Uh, what do we do with Bakaya Saka? Because um, he's scored just once and provided no assists in the last seven Arsenal appearances in all competitions. We've all mentioned and commented it before that. The kid looks tired. Um, teams haven't figured him out because, but they they definitely have tactics to to negate a lot of his threat, and they do the same with Martinelli. Um, what, what what can we do with this against this Forest team with Saka in particular? Fergie sort of nailed it there, really. When you talk about um, the teams worked him out and, and, and double manning him, you know, and I think that's down to Arsenal. So we don't drop Saka, right? We don't drop possibly the second or third best player in the world, right? On his day. You don't drop a player of that calibre because they're not playing very well. Because even though they're not playing very well, they're still contributing, in my view, right? Hmm. He's due a goal. He did look tired. But what you got to remember is, I'm just looking at my calendar here, it's the, it, it'll be the 30th of January tomorrow, and we played two games in January, Right? We played Liverpool in the cup and we played we played Palace at home, right? So none of our players should be tired. As a matter of fact, I'm a bit worried it might be the other way and that maybe they've had too much rest and they're losing their game sharpness, you know? But we don't drop Saka 
we, we have a, a great young coach in Mikel Arteta. And I, I would think that Mikel Arteta looks at that and thinks, right, if teams are going to double man be Kyle Saka, we've got to have a plan to work against that because it gives us yeah. extra players on other areas of the field. You know, much like young Alex just said, and we mentioned it on the last podcast, Gabriel scoring them first two goals against Palace and we're only winning 2 0 at half-time and a forward still hasn't scored. I'm a bit worried. I'm thinking, yeah, we're winning 2-0, but I want my forwards to score the goals. But then when you think about it, as Arteta worked out his plan B with the skill we used to score those two set pieces, because there were set moves, obviously come off the training ground, and is that our plan B? If we're not scoring an open play, have we now got the moves that, that are going to help us score goals from set pieces? It appears so, looking at Alex's stats, doesn't it? But going back to Saka, we don't drop the player. We don't drop the best player we've got, possibly the best player in the country or right up there. We we, we we learn with him and we play with him and we work with him and we make him play better. And as I say, there's no excuse for being tired now. This is only their third game in 30 days. So they should be well rested, shouldn't they? Surely, mate. They should be. And I was, ta- I was talking to a friend today, a friend of the show, Mem, today. And, you know, we, we, we have got a reasonably light, uh, run of fixtures right through even even into February. Okay, I know the Champions League comes back in in, in February. Uh, we've got an extra game, but it is just one game a week at the minute. So there should be no reason we should allow people to get back into fully fitness. Uh, party uh, Dale, um, it's unlikely he's going to feature um, uh, tomorrow. Um, I don't think he's. Somebody asked would he be on the bench. I don't think he will be on the bench because Arteta no. said he's he's not fit for the game. But he is back at. Yeah, he's back into full uh, full training. Um, I suppose, do you, do you see him playing for Arsenal again this season? And do you see a future for party, or a bit party? Wow. Uh, well, that's, that's two questions. The first question yeah. is, will he feature again this season? Yeah, 100%. I think he's got an important part to play this season. Um, and I think if he's in the squad on Sunday, um, I don't know. You've got a question to ask, especially if there is... Uh, uh, fitness concerns around Rice, which we'll find out tomorrow, right? Mm. As far as does he have a future at Arsenal, I think only he can answer that question. For me, as of this very moment now, if I was to say, would you get rid if you could in in the summer, the answer would be yes. Um, Not based on his ability, based on his his availability. Because... He can walk in the summer, he's out of contract. Is it this summer, is it? Hmm. So I think the, the the reality is then, based on his age, is potentially a one-year extension of that on a, on a big salary cut and a, and, a, and a prove yourself kind of job. But which has been put put to him, which is the the, the sensible thing to do, because you know when fit and when playing well, he is a good player and he does make uh, he will he will add to Rice's game. He you know when you saw Party and Granite Chaka playing together, we were we were playing at our best. Yeah. Uh, but he's not willing to take a, a pay cut and he's not willing to, to sign an extension. So I think he's just going to walk. The, the thing is, for me, on his day, I don't think there's many better than Partey, not in the Premier League, but in the world. I think he is genuinely that good. Wow. Um, yeah, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, the problem is, is, is the lack of consistency based on the fact, again, it goes back down to the availability. Um you can't have one of these players, regardless of what position they play, you can't have a big, big player. There's a, there's a comment I saw a moment ago and um, saying he's a big cog in the, in the wheel for the title charge. And I agree. If he can stay fit, I think he's a very, very important player. Um, and arguably, once he gets back to, to his, his full fitness and full form, he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet. 
Um, I think we've all wanted to see for quite a while uh, a Partey, Rice and um, Odegaard midfield. But we're yet to see that um, uh, on, on, a, on a number of occasions because of, again, it comes down to the availability of Thomas Partey. So do I see him playing a part this season? Yes, massively. Has he got a future? That all depends on the next kind of three, four, five months. Yeah, I think I think his contract actually is the following. He's into his final year um, at the end of this season. There was a, a stat there about the assists for Saka as well. Um, I think he was said to assist Gabby's second goal against Palace, but because Gabby's second goal is disputed, whether it was an own goal off Henderson and ah, they've given him both. They've given yeah. it to yeah. Gabby now. So, so Saka's gotten the assist now. <clears throat> Okay, okay. It's just I, 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 the stats I, I lifted off BBC, so you know you, you would like to think that they're they're, they're normally quite right. Um, Do you know what, Phil? Alex? Go, Phil, go sorry, on. I don't want you to move right. on from party, mate. Because I wasn't. I think this is the. <laughs> I think this is the most. <laughs> I think this is the most important part of of the back end of our season. Now, I honestly didn't think party would play a game for us a few weeks ago. I thought we'd seen him, and and, and he was done, but. He's an exceptional player on his day, Thomas Party, and if, if, even if he only stays fit for four or six weeks, which he normally does, he needs to play every game in that four or six weeks. His he, he, time and his and his, his his reading of space is second to none in our team at the moment. I include Declan Rice in that because I think not only does Thomas Party isn't very really important to our promotion charge. Because Thomas Party's playing, that's a big part of it. But Thomas Party playing his position allows Declan Rice to move forward more, you know. And they they chop and they change. And I I like Declan Rice a bit further up the field. I do. I really do, especially when he's playing alongside Odegaard. So I'm desperate to see Thomas Party back in an Arsenal shirt. Desperate because this title race is not over. Far from it. We are right in it, Fergus. As you boys know, you know, and the Thomas party gives us a much better chance. Sorry, Ferg, I'll stop watching. No, 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 it's fine. There was a couple of things I, I, I will go off party for a short bit, but I want to come back to him because I want to ask you guys a question on party. But Alex, uh, Nottingham Forest, as we said, there. Um, <laughs> yes, he can, unfortunately, and he has. Um, but. Uh, uh, um, Nottingham Forest, as we said, aren't performing as well as they have been last season. Obviously, they're getting the second se season syndrome uh, in the uh, Premier League, which where all clubs seem to settle and they're, they're trying to find their feet. Um, they're probably not one of the ones that are going to go down, but they are going to be missing some key players because of the AFCON at the moment. There is it, and and when what's his name? Awanyi is back. He's back in training. Is he back? But will it, he probably won't feature. Will he feature? Their manager has basically said that they're all back in training. They could all feature. There's three players. I think there's a one year. Like Elanga and Philippe. Banger. Yeah. They're the three yeah. which are in, all in contention to be back tomorrow. Now, one year will be a, a massive boost to them. Um, that's the sort of player to get the crowd going. So going back to what you said earlier, we really do need to, um, to silence them early doors. Alex, you've done that without even moving your lips. You know, you're really getting good at this English language stuff. <laughs> that was a good... You could have that, Dale. Thanks, mate. <laughs> where, where, where else do you see the threats coming from for Forrest then? 
Well, I think in the absence of Awunya, I think uh, Chris Wood has been an exceptional um, player for them. Um, he's got some of the same attributes as him. Um, he's strong, big. Um, he hasn't really got the same pace, but um, we've seen Forrest on their day. They can produce massive results. Um, they beat Newcastle away from home, um, something many teams struggle with. Um, they beat Man United. I know United aren't the best team this season, but still to go to to um, Old Trafford and beat them um, shows that they can play um, when when they when they sort of hit their form. So, um, and I think on their wings, um, Elanga. I don't know if he's going to play um, tomorrow. I think um, Dale just said he's he's going to be in contention. So he's a tricky player. Um, Hudson Odoi as well. Um, He's a, he can be a tricky player as well. Gibbs White is a good player. I think offensively, uh, they're better than they are uh, defensively. So I think if we can shut them down defensively, I've no doubt that we're going to win the game because I think we're going to score tomorrow. Um, but yeah, offensively, that, that's what we've got to be careful because they've got some some tricky players on, on the wings especially. And we know teams like to target our, our left side with Sinchenko. So Hudson-Odoi against Sinchenko is probably going to be a key key matchup uh, tomorrow. Trevor, on, on, on the back of what Alex has just said there, do you think we should just go first 10, 15 minutes, just go all at them and just try and, you know, get a goal, get two goals? And then, you know, we are thin uh, at left back because we don't have Zinchenko um, and we don't have Tommy Asu and we don't have Timber to cover in that sort of area. Um, so, you know, we don't want to get exposed on that defensive area either. So we need to go at them, don't we? Yeah, see, the, this is where these young boys get one over me, old man like me, for because I don't know anything about Nottingham Forest. I don't care. <laughs> Couldn't give a damn. <laughs> that's why I didn't ask. That's why I didn't ask you any questions about Nottingham yeah. Forest. <laughs> but all I know for a fact is that if we turn, like Dale said earlier, if we turn up and play our best tomorrow, early, early from the first whistle, then our best is better than anything they can do. If we turn up and play like we did over the Christmas period just gone, or if we play like our last couple of visits to Forest, we're more than likely going to get turned over, you know? We're more than mm. likely going to get turned over. So let's hope Crystal Palace result as, as, and, and the long break between the games has fired us up. It's got us a bit fitter and, and you know, lose a bit of tiredness. But yeah, I'm sorry, mate. You know me, I can't comment on Forest. No, no, I'm not no, no. I'm just wondering, like, you know... <laughs> Clearly, we all want to go all out and go 5-0 up within 15 minutes and then we all can go home and just like have a party sort of thing. But, uh, Dale, I suppose um, the final sort of uh, question on the on, on the game itself. So, Declan Rice pulled up with a hamstring injury and we know Gabrielle is, is, is a doubt as well. Um, Gabrielle, we've probably got cover in the sense of Kivior can cover in the centre-half area and he's competent in that centre-half area. Um, but... Declan Rice, who do you play in Rice's position if you don't have party and you don't have Rice? So are we, are we saying we're going to go with a midfield of what? We're going to go Havertz, uh, um, Odegaard and, and Rice if Rice is fit, right? Uh, uh, and Jorginho. Uh, again, I Jorginho, that's, yeah. That's... I think, yeah, I think that's the answer. I'd, I'd play Jorginho there. Um, I'd play Jorginho in that holding role. I think he brings a stability. I think he's uh, better defensively than he is offensively. 
I mean, he doesn't tend to, to kind of drift. Um, so I think that's, for me, that's the, the obvious one. Um, I'd like to say someone like Smith Rowe and give him some more game time because you saw what it meant to the fans. You saw what it meant to the player last time uh, at home at, at Palace. And I do think this is the sort of game that would suit him. But I don't think he's the sort of player to sit deep. And we need him to push forward a bit more and get that creativity going. Mm. I, I was thinking Smith Rowe, as you said, like what, what midfielder we go with. Um, can you see him getting some game time, Trev? Yeah, it's funny that, that you boys should raise Smith Rowe because I, I just had it in my head then to say, you know, I, I'm going to watch the comments now because this one might start some debate. But at the moment, on what how he's been playing, I would rather have Smith Rowe in, Smith Rowe in the side than Havertz. I honestly would rather have Smith Rowe in the side than Havertz. He's a young lad. He'll be fired up. He'll be going all out to push us forward. And it might be just what we need going to a place like Forest. Mm. I think that Havertz is more reserved. I think he's a bit slower on the ball. He's obviously a very capable player and he'll keep developing, hopefully. But right at this moment in time, if you said to me, who do I want to play tomorrow out of Havertz and Smith Rowe, I would go for Smith Rowe. Hmm. Just Alex, no, mate. Uh, GDW, no, party is nearly fit, but he's not travelled with the squad. Won't play tomorrow. Sorry, folk. He doesn't. GDW. He doesn't even WhatsApp groups, does he? He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he, he's getting down with the kids. He's having like you know letters as his name now, doesn't he? Yeah. Are you yeah. as you call him? It you call him D A D, don't you? Yeah, he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree with Trev. I mean, I would like to see Smith Rowe feature, but I just I'm not sure if um, if he's quite ready. He's only played five, ten, fifteen minutes. I don't know if it's too soon for him to start a, a game and play the full ninety minutes. Um, he does deserve a, a run, like Andy says, um, but I'm not sure if if he's quite ready yet. Um, I'd like to see him get more game time. Um, get get Havertz off at sixty minutes. Uh, let Smith Rowe play. 30 40 minutes um and then in a couple of games he'll be ready to start um but i think um Havertz does offer uh, some physicality i'm not laughing at you i've just realized <laughs> who gdw is mate that's why i'm laughing <laughs> I, I do think that Havertz offers some some physicality in midfield um which smith row um doesn't in the same way and I think especially if Rice isn't fit and Jorginho is playing I think we're going to need some of Havertz's physicality uh, tomorrow um, as we do know Forest they, they do like to play with a lot of physicality so um, I mean yeah um, I'd like to see Smithrow given a run but I'm just not sure if tomorrow is the is the right game to start start with I, I personally think it's probably the right game to start him in rather than the Liverpool game uh, because uh, and and by giving him some time against Forest and some good time against Forest and I'll talk about 15 minutes or 10 minutes at the very end of the game giving him like you know a, a half you know a, a, at least half of the game or something like that that you can see where his fitness is and where his abilities are uh, and then you can use them as uh, really an offensive option when we're looking at Liverpool uh, next week. Another option that we can look at as well is we've got Martinelli. Uh, Martinelli came off the bench and had 21 minutes and scored two goals against Palace. Um, he replaced Trossard. Uh, Dale, uh, starting Trossard are starting Martinelli. I think you've got an argument for both. Um, yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, it's, it's a... 
<sighs> potato to potato. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, to be honest, I think they're both warranted to start with their performances recently. I think Trossard did very well at home against Palace. Um, Martinelli come on and scored two goals, uh, two fantastic goals of that. But as we spoke about last week, I would question against a Forest, uh, a Palace team, sorry, that probably given up by them. Um, mm. So I personally would, I, I don't know, my heart says Martinelli, but I think I'd start Trossard. I'd start Trossard and again, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. He, he, he did very well in, um, in the Palace game. And I don't think you can drop him on the back of that. Um it's a very, very tough one. Uh, the, the other one, Andy, and just mentions there as well, Trossard may be up top, but then you, uh, you've got Jesus and Eddie on the bench, which I don't think you can do in a game like this. I think we need Jesus' work rate in this game. I really do. Um, so for me, I'd go the front three of, uh, I'd start Trossard left, Jesus at top, and the right-hand side, um, our star boy, Saka. Mm. Uh, is there not an argument, Trev, to say that maybe... Looking at the the stance and the stamp of Martinelli in that twenty one minutes, and it was is it uh, akin to Thierry Henry uh, as he was taking those uh, couple of goals? Is there not an argument to say maybe start Trossard out um, on the, the the left, put Martinelli in the middle, and have Sack out the right? Or is that, does that leave us too weak in the middle and not enough work rate like uh, Dale was talking about with Jesus? Well, look, right, we don't call players out on this podcast, do we? we you know, we don't look... We're not calling team. players out. No, no, listen, listen to where I'm yeah. heading here. Just stay quiet for one second, man. That's all, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, listen, right, and now, see, when you get to my age, if you distract me like that, Fergus, I'll lose exactly what I'm going to talk about, you see. But talk with, you know, we've got to be honest, talking about weaker in the middle if we take Jesus out, right? What's the player in the middle to do, right, up front? Let's be honest about it. Let's be proper, honest Arsenal fans. He's there to score goals, right? Mm. We have loads of players with a high work rate. We have Saka. We have Odegaard. We have Martinelli. We have Trossard, right? We have even Rice when he pushes forward. They can all make a space. They can all play a ball into the box. Where we've been missing, and I don't I don't fault Jesus's work rate the lad works his socks off right but at the end of the day we have to have a centre forward scoring a goal or two and he's not doing it so yeah I would go with what Dal said I would play my I wouldn't play Martinelli in the middle I'll play Martinelli on the left because that's where he's full of confidence most I find Martinelli is very yeah. confident on the left I'd, I'd give Trossard a go through the middle I really would honestly would What's happening now? Why has everyone stopped oh. talking? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what I've done? I, I've, I've opened up another window in the background um, and it's got the YouTube running on, on the background. So I could hear you talking twice. So I thought you were still talking. So I wasn't, I wasn't interrupting you. So I really apologize there. Um, Alex, one final thing. Uh, uh, Nuno Santos has got more uh, goals per game with this Forest side, which emphasises your thing about the, the threat going forward, uh, than he did when he was at Wolves and when he was against um, uh, against uh, when he was managing Spurs as well. He was getting 2.4, 2.5 goals per game uh, for those, and he's getting 4.3, 17 goals in his in his four games. Um, what, is it Chris Wood that then is he he the main man that we're going to have to look out for? 
I think he's yeah. He's I mean, I, yeah. I guess I guess he is. Um, he, he's been their main man, like I said, in the absence of a and and they do like to to um, get through uh, over the wings and and cross it into him. Uh, and he's he is like the vocal point. Um, but they've got some tidy midfielders as well. Um, they, I mean, they've signed so so many players. Um, one of them is one that we were linked with uh, previously, Danilo, um, who. Danilo, Brazilian midfielder. I think he came from Palmeiras in Brazil. Um, but he, he's a good box-to-box midfielder and he likes to get forward as well. Um, so so I guess we'll have to to look out for the their um runs from midfield as well. Um but I mean that that is impressive if if it's true that they've averaged uh, four four goals a game um with Nuno Santos. Um, yeah, 4.3 games. Uh, 4.3 yeah, goals per game. Yeah. Um what? And she's gone there. Yeah, <laughs> seventeen goals in four games. That's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but oh. like you said, that their most um, the result that that's they've they've had the most is three two. So they've they've conceded quite a few goals as well. So I mean, mm. we might get a, a lot of goals tomorrow. So, Dale, you gave your prediction. What was your prediction again? I'm going to go for a two one Arsenal win. I don't think it'll be an easy game. I really don't. Okay. Uh, Trev, what are you going for? Hey, you're on mute. Alex, what are you going for? Oh, come on, Trev. I was just pretending. <laughs> I'll take a 1 0 to the Arsenal all day long. I will go. I think we're going to score three like every other team's done against them. Um, and I think we're going to concede one goal. So 3 1. Okay. Um, I'm I'm going for one nil. I'd just take one nil. Uh, oh, listen, I've gone there really, really confident in the FA Cup. Really, really confident in the league. I still am confident going up there uh, tomorrow evening, but it's it's a tough ground to go to, and I think they're going to be well up for it, and they're going to be buoyed with the previous results. Uh, good to see some new names in the chat. Remember, if you are in the chat and you haven't uh, subscribed to us, go onto our YouTube channel, click on the like, click on the subscribe. Uh, I was on uh, Sophie's Highbury squad uh, on Wednesday. We picked up four or five more subscribers, so we're up to 971, 972. So, if there's anybody from the Peterborough Gooners in here, I've been uh, really trying to get some people in the chat and get interaction. So, if there is anyone from the Peterborough Gooners in here, please just pop a a message in the chat and uh, let us know. It'd be good to see some of you on here. Yeah, it would be. It was, it, listen, it's good. It's good to have interaction. I'm a member of the Peterborough Gooner, even though I don't live there, but I drive through it enough. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it's it's quite good. Um, some of the other topics that I w- want to talk about was the transfer window. So the transfer window um, has been pretty damn quiet for all clubs, bar maybe Spurs um, in the, in the Premier League. There was a Mark Goldberg uh, done a, a little video, and I'm just going to play it briefly um, and. Ask your opinions of if he's far wrong from what we actually need to do. So here we go. These gobby Arsenal fans out there that, that ruin it for the rest of them who just, you know, think they know it all and gob off because they want our tara. And the reality is you learn a lot from rival fans. You press and play. I look at Arsenal and I think, well, the progression there is there to see. They were a title contender last year, which no one predicted at the start of last season. And they're a title contender this season. That's consistency. They 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 weren't in the Champions League for quite a few years. And you're right, Will. They've 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 cruised through to the knockout stage. Um, they are still in a title race. And I think what they're looking at, and 
Sometimes a player in a team can symbolise a team. The same as Mo Salah, if he drops off, Liverpool might drop off. And I think the fact that Saka just looks unrecognisable in a bad way over the last three or four weeks is a, an indication of the problems that Arsenal face. They're just a little bit tired and one-dimensional. But as a work in progress, there's four players I'd add to that first team straight away, as I've said before. Two full-backs, midfielder and a striker. So, some of what he said there is absolute, um, not quite rubbish, but I, I don't think he, he knows it as, as an Arsenal fan. But, um, Dale, do you think we need two fullbacks, a striker and a midfielder? I'd agree with two of those, uh, maybe three. Um, I think a striker we all know we're crying out for. We're yeah. desperate for. Um, so I won't go into that uh, in too much detail. But a midfield, yeah, I do think we need a midfielder. I think we've got uh, Thomas Partey and Jorginho coming towards the end of their careers. Elneny any probably on his way out, which will leave us a short, extremely short in the middle. Um, and the fullback one, it's, it's a good. I think the fullback ones, it's a good topic of conversation. I'm not sure we need them. When you look at who we've got at the moment, who's injured, who's coming back, who's not available. We've got Tommy Asu um, still away in the Asian Cup. He's due back soon. We've got um, Timber who's back in training now at the moment. He'll be back soon. Um, we've got Ben White and we've got um, Kivior, who's filled in at left-back as well as Zinchenko. I don't think... Well, the question I'd ask back on that is, how many full-backs do you need? Because if you're going to bring in a full-back, someone has to go and who's going to go? So Trev, I'm, Trev, I'm not too sure full-back side, but midfielder, yes. Striker, yes. Okay. Trev, we, we I, I showed just, uh, you this before uh, we went live and you went very much along the lines of uh, what... Uh, Dale said about like fullbacks, and we we mentioned Timber and so on. But in the other areas, surely um, he has got a point that we do. We all know we need a striker, and for the reasons that Dale said, um, some midfielders. But what about a team looking tired um, and uh, Saka as well? Well, you, you see, you've got to take what gold. What what that lad said. What's his name? Goldberg. Gold. Gold, Goldridge. Goldrich, you've got to take what he says with, with a pinch of salt, you know, because um, I love watching him, especially when Man United are losing. If anyone's watching <laughs> this and, and when Man United are losing, have a quick look at his watch along. It is absolutely hilarious. But he's talking a lot there about what he doesn't know. And as a Man United fan, he's probably on a bit of a wind-up looking for a bite because he was on a live show there. Right, the fact of the matter is, I don't think we need any fullbacks. I think that we've got enough cover and we've also got Timber coming back. Right, midfield. Yeah, maybe midfield. But let's look at it. the point to make is, and everybody was telling me this before we before we beat Palace, the previous games, Alex is our stat man. So put me right, Alex, if I'm wrong. We were making lots of moves up the pitch. We were getting to the edge of the penalty area. We are having a load of shots on goal from the edge of the penalty area, but we weren't scoring a goal, right? So we're working our way up the pitch. It's working all right through the midfield. Gets up to the final third. And and our and our normal chipping goal scorers, Martinelli, um, Saka, um, Trossard, and, well, Jesus, right? And Odegaard all stop scoring at the same time. All stop scoring at the same time. You couldn't foresee that. You couldn't foresee that happening. They all packed it in. It was a, it was it was the strangest thing. But up until it got to that end, we were playing all right. So for me, if you say to me, 
we can sign. We won't because no one's signing in this transfer window, right? Everybody's scared, right? But if we sign one one player in the summer, it has got to be a goal-scoring striker. They're hard to come by. I know they're hard to come by, right? But we've, I'm pretty sure that our Arsenal hierarchy that we that I now trust will be looking already, right? Mm. So looking at the stats, I'm not a big stat man, but looking at where we've been and how we've worked and how we've played, I think a striker would make all the difference at the present time. Alex, uh, he's got a really good point about that. Um, a striker would be good, and I think we all agree with that. But um, the common denominator that uh, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, all of those aren't scoring, um, could that be because you know we didn't foresee uh, our, we didn't foresee that happening? Because if we had foreseen that happening, happening, we wouldn't have got rid of uh, one Granite Xhaka. Is he the common denominator? <laughs> I'm not sure you can put it all on on Shaka leaving. Um, I think. Or, or is it Kai Havertz then? It's it's difficult because it's it's not like you can put it all down to one thing: Shaka leaving, Havertz mm. coming in. Um, but it is a bit of a freak incident that, that all of them suddenly st- uh, stopped scoring. Um, Odegaard, 15 goals last season. Martinelli, 15 goals last season. Um, Saka, I think. Eight or nine, 16. um, oh, well, yeah, in, 12, in the Premier League. Um, sorry, I thought it was 12. No, carry on, Alex. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, it might have been 12. Um, Jesus probably would have gotten 15 as well if you if you weren't injured for half of the season. Um, so it is a bit of a freak incident that, that they've all suddenly stopped scoring. And and like Trev said, we've we've done well producing the chances, um, like we saw against West Ham, we've done well controlling the games. Um, we have just lacked that cutting edge um and it does seems it, it seems like it's it's um it's something mentally within the players um it, they've lost a bit of confidence and i don't know where it's come from um but it, it does seems like seem like they've lost a bit of a yeah, yeah. um uh, but hopefully the the palace game can help us turn it around and hopefully we can keep build building on it tomorrow against forest because that, that, believe that, that was if we huge start, yeah that was a huge yeah. result. Yeah, I agree. Putting on, on Havertz would be a bit of a scapegoating because I think actually he's, he's done all right. And apart from the last couple of games, I reckon he's had a good half season. It's not not easy coming into to an Arsenal team and fulfilling Shaka's boots because he did very well last season. Um, and I think um, if he continues to build on his form and if he starts all the games, he might get to 10 goals this season in the Premier League which I'd consider a very successful um, first season for him. Um, mm. But yeah, we've just got to keep on building and keep on putting our players um, in these situations where they can score because I'm sure they'll start taking their chances um, if we continue uh, doing so. And uh, Trev, is it like... Uh, 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 no, I think... Um, put. Hang on, uh, is it, it's gone one second. What are you looking for now? No, it just moved. I had it all lined up and you moved everything. Jesus Christ, man. Um, is it all down to FFP? Is is it finally um, what Wenger has been saying for years and years and years before he left? And he tried to manage the club and manage it financially to be in lines with FFP, which has been around for what, 10, 15 years. And it finally, finally seems to, uh, you know, had an impact on, on the Premier League at least. Ferg, what else can it be, mate? Normally, the mm. January transfer window is a busy period. You know, 
the Premier League teams, they don't sign many players, but they'll always sign one or two, just strengthen the squad. And apart from Tottenham, none of them have done it. So I, I can't see what else it could be. You know, I have every faith in our manager because our manager told me, he told us all as fans, he won't buy anyone that doesn't improve as a side. He'd rather buy no one, right? So we don't know if that's the case with the Arsenal. But no one's buying, apart from Tottenham. And what you've got to remember is, in fairness to Tottenham, right, I hate doing this, they you have to you have to cover your out outgoings by by your ingoings, don't you? Well, they've got a stadium that's making a lot of money, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And when it comes to FFP, I don't understand it in the ins and outs of it. But I would imagine that if they've got that massive income, then it's going to help them, and they, they've been the only spenders. So I don't think it can any be anything else, Ferg, apart from FFP, mate. And uh, to be honest, I'm not that upset about it. I want to see a leveling of the playing field. I don't want to see standout clubs buying their ways to Premier League titles, right? But I'm but sure FFP doesn't FFP resolve that though, Trev, because FFP is down to turnover and and everything else. So if you're more successful in European competitions, if you get further up the league, you get more prize money. If you get a bigger stadium, uh, you get more revenue. So there's there's all that to look at that you have to think about. Um, so it's not going to help the Burnleys. It's not going to help the, the the forests with the smaller capacity grounds, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe the, there's so many. I'm I'm a bit loath to talk about it at length, Ferg, because if I'm honest, I don't understand it. You know, and it's not difficult to confuse me. We all know that. You know, but um. I don't understand it, you know. So, what whatever, what will be will be. It, it just seems strange that nobody's bought anything, you know. Nobody's bought anyone, you know. James is, uh, yeah, they, they do have a massive debt. Just, just like Devin Gooner on, on, on Twitter said about the Spurs have a massive debt, but I, I understand that they actually will have that stadium paid off in, in next to no time, seven or eight years. Because of the F1 stuff they've got on, the American football, uh, some of the other um, other 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 events that they get on there, the Premier League football is like such a small part of their revenue stream. It's been some clever yeah. business done there, yeah. and they've learned from other, 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 other teams. So, Ferg, right, I mentioned this once a long time ago, and I got called out about it, really. Yeah. But... It's, it's, it's an interesting point, firstly, that Devon Gunner made there, right? Spurs have a massive debt because of the stadium too, but they're still spending. When we had our massive debt because of our stadium, we didn't spend, did we? You know, we sold. We sold our good players. But for me, if FFP ain't going to level the playing field up and it's all about money, 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 which it is, is it time for a, a spending cap, a salary, a salary cap? Each team can spend... 20 million a year in wages. I don't know. That's just a number off the top of my head. And let's see how that levels the playing field up a bit. I, I think I think there's a really valid point in having something like a salary cap or something like that. But my only fear is that we probably end up turning into like an American sport like uh, American football and you have uh, our, our basketball where you've got like two or three superstars and you've got a draft and it, it, just, it keeps on getting more and more watered down into more like an American sport and nothing against Americans and, and the sport, but just like a more, it's less the game that, okay, it's nothing like the game that started in 1886 with Arsenal uh, at Dial Square and, and Plumstead and so on, but uh it's you know I, I just don't want to get it watered down any any further. What are you clapping your hands for? 
I'm impressed with your history knowledge, Fergus. I've talked I've done a podcast and a whole sub. He's been trained well. <laughs> we 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 done ten hours of it on the on on the the, the history season two, uh, nearly three years ago. And wow, did that what what a learning curve! What a learning curve. Uh, guys, some other stuff in the news um, that we're talking about. Uh, I, I, before we do the the, the last point, I, I, Klopp is what I'm, I was going to talk about. Uh, everyone, like, clearly because of it's such a poor, poor transfer window for Sky and TalkSport and everything else, when Klopp decided to have this huge big news conference and specially uh, made video with the faded out background and everything else and it was like almost with like sad sad music violins in the background it was it was pretty pretty pathetic um the 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 media channels have jumped onto it and they spent all day it was like the queen had died it was like uh elvis had died it like jfk had died all in the one day the 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 amount of uh the amount of coverage that was gone on about it but um a question first of all dale would you have liked jürgen klopp to have been the Arsenal manager? Uh, before Arteta? When he came to the UK nine years ago, would you have had him as, would you have wanted him as the Arsenal manager? Yes, 100%. Well, I, I think he's, he's a fantastic manager, I really do. I mean, the, the, there was, I had a conversation the other day with um, uh, someone in the family about uh, who's a better manager, Pep or uh, Klopp. And for me, Klopp is a better manager than Pep. Pep hasn't proved it like Klopp has without the unlimited resource, without the, being the best team in the country. Now, I'm not saying Pep's a bad manager because he's not. I mean, he's, he's worked wonders over the course of the years, but with unlimited resources to an extent. I think Klopp's a cracking manager. I really do. Um, the whole situation was a bit of a strange one. The time limit I, felt, I find bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't buy into the reasons either. I think there's more going on there. But again, I'm just speculating. I mean, yeah, he, he's tired, right? He's tired. He does the same job as multiple other high top level managers in the world and on that sort of money I don't buy that nonsense I'm tired give it a rest do my job for a day and then tell me you're tired but so uh, all his backroom staff are also tired and so is the director of football tired yeah it looks like Virgil van Dijk might be tired now as well because he can't commit to (laughs) us this season so there's clearly (laughs) something else going on there but um yeah but yeah in a nutshell would I have taken Jurgen Klopp yeah 100% uh, Alex, uh, Jurgen Klopp, is he your cup of tea? And also, how do you think this will That's impact on the rest question. of their season? That's a different question, Ferg. Is he my cup of tea? The answer is no. <laughs> okay. I'm one of the only people who don't like him, no, I, I think. I, I, I'm, I'm in your camp on that one. He's not my cup I of tea. Stand him, his ego, his ego's bigger manager. than his grill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he was our manager, I think I'd love him. But I, yeah, I think in that aspect, he's very similar to yeah. Arteta, right? I think Arsenal yeah. fans lo- love Arteta. Outside of Arsenal, I don't think they do. I think mm. um, what he's done with Liverpool is exactly what we're hoping Arteta's going to do with our Arsenal. Because when he took over Liverpool in 15, uh, Liverpool were a sleeping giant. And he's he's averaged 82 points a season after he's taken over in 2015, which is incredible. And he's won all the trophies that, that, that we're aiming to win with Arteta as well. So... Um, I mean, he, he's probably, he might be the greatest manager in their history. Um, he's up there with Paisley and Shankly, Trev. Yes, he is. Definitely. He don't Definitely. Touch he's gone toe-to-toe with, with uh, Guardiola the last eight, nine years. He's won the Champions League. He's won the Premier League. He's won the FA Cup. He's won everything. So why 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 shouldn't he be considered as, as one of their top managers? Um, 
I think hopefully so I'm just can... I'm just gonna go and vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, just, I think we just gotta acknowledge the job he's done with Liverpool. Um, because I mean, it is exactly what we're hoping Arteta's gonna do. Um, in the next couple of years, we're hoping he's gonna win the Champions League for us and and the Premier League as well. Um, but I mean, you said um, it was like Elvis died, and and it probably was like that to to all Liverpool fans. Um. And yeah, I mean, Alex, Alex, you weren't here to listen to talk sport. It was comical, absolutely comical. People were ringing I can up. Imagine, gone, yeah. they, they were crying and going, I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Barry's got a really good point here. I did like Klopp from his Dortmund days. Uh, but, yeah. you know, over familiarity and being too much one of the lads, you have to sometimes, as a manager and a management of people, Trev, you'll know how you need to separate yourself from it sounds awful, the workers to the management. There, there has to be a divide for authority. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'd have had, if you, if we could have had, oh, has he gone for a wee? If he's gone for a wee, we can talk about him now. He's still here. But he, he's still he is phone. here, but he is going. No, <laughs> <laughs> so look, right. Very professional. If Klopp would have been available when when Wenger hung his boots up and he'd have had more of a chance at the Arsenal than Emery because Emery didn't have the tools to do the job. Great bloke. I love Emery. Wish him all the best. But he didn't have the backing to do the job. I think that Klopp is probably a much stronger personality and he would have come into the Arsenal demanding that he brought his backroom team with him, demanding that he chose, chose who was in charge. I suppose maybe much like Arteta did when he came in, you know? So... I'd love to have seen Klopp at the Arsenal when Fenger left. We were in a dire, dire straits with our club. And I think he would be, be, had more chance of sorting it than anyone else. Do I like Klopp? No, none of us really keen on him now, are we? You know, it's all a bit, bit cheesy and a bit cringy, isn't it? But young Alex, if you look up Bob Paisley and Bill Shankly's record on a level playing field, right? No one matches them. Even Kenny Dalgleish, you know, even Dalgleish. They're, don't they're nowhere near. They're nowhere near. Klopp's win percentage. They're far, far behind. It's, in them days, it was a level playing field, Alex. You didn't win so many games. You didn't buy wins. You you put a team together that won you that won you trophies. And Liverpool done that better than anyone else. You know, 1989, I didn't go to Anfield because I didn't think we had a hope in hell of winning 2-0. Because Liverpool, you couldn't beat them at their place 2-0. Not in a million years. And we did it. You know, that's how big that result was. But maybe we'd have to agree to differ, young lad. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just a different era, eh? Maybe it's me going back to my era and you coming in your era. But yeah, to well, recap, foot, foot, I'd love to see Klopp at, um, at Arsenal when Wenger hung his boots up. I think that, he, as I said, he'd have had much better chance of turning that team around than, than Emery because there were players not performing. There were people behind the scenes not, scenes not performing. There were people on the board not performing. And there were owners of our football club not performing. So Emery didn't really have a chance. I think Klopp might have done. I think Klopp might have been a... Them German personalities, they want their way, don't they? You know, they don't relax, do they? You know, I, I think you got a, I think you get a valid point in the sense of the way he connects with the, with the fans. And uh, Dale said it as well. If he was our manager, 
and the way he's pumping his chest and all the stuff that winds us up, up about him, we would love if he came up to the North Bank and up to the Ashburton Army and giving it, you know, and, and getting involved. Uh, he brought some stuff that he brought from the Yellow Wall and the Dortmund stuff to the Premier League. And for that, you know, there's a, I, I suppose he's, he, he, he has um, brought a more connection between managers and fans uh, along the way. Uh, last point before we finish up, um, uh, the contract talks about, um, well, the rumours about uh, Arteta. And uh, I've got the press conference here from uh, Arteta from this evening. Uh, there was links with him going to Barcelona. There was also talks and rumours over the weekend, which I'll try to find out about uh, whether he was signing a new contract. Apparently, there was many people at London Colney, but not all the key people were at London Colney to uh, do that. But... I'm sure with 18 months left on his contract, uh, it's got to be a consideration that we need to be thinking about of, of where we are with Arteta and where we are with looking at an extension. Let's look at the the, the, um, the press conference bit, first of all. I'll come to you, Trevor. Left in the transfer window, and it all seems pretty quiet. So I'm not going to ask about uh, any ins, but mm. on outs, uh, are you leaving the club in the summer? Who, me? <laughs> no, that's totally... Fake news, what you read yesterday is, I don't know where it's coming from, and uh, it's totally untrue. I'm really upset about it. When you heard the report, I guess you were trying to relax on a, uh, on a Sunday evening. Mm. What, what, was your, what was your reaction? I could not believe. I don't know where it's coming from, and it has no source. It's got nothing, and uh, I think we have to be very cautious when you talk about um, personal things, so to put it in the way that um, it was put yesterday. You've got unfinished business here, quite clearly. Mm. I'm in the right place. I'm with the right people. I feel really good about it. And um, as I said many times, we have. I'm immersed in a beautiful journey with this football club, with these players, the staff, our people, and uh, and there is still a lot, a lot to do. I guess people wrongly, somebody over there was adding two and two together and making seven. Mm. The fact that Xavi you know, is leaving in the summer, your association with Barcelona, yeah. is that a compliment to you in a way? But that's something that uh, we cannot control. This is part of football. But that's something very different to someone putting in a statement about something that I'm doing. That's very, very different. And uh, the other one is just part of football and this industry. That's it. Obviously, your contract does run out in 18 months' time or so. I know everyone's very relaxed. The board's with you. You're with the board. There's no rush to talk about a new contract. But is that something that might put these rumours to bed? I don't know. I think I've got an extraordinary relationship uh, with the board, with Edu, with team, with ownership, and um, and things come in a in a natural way. And we always done it that way, and it worked out really well. And when the time is right, we would have those discussions and um, I think about the best way to do it. I do hope that YouTube don't uh, or Facebook don't rip that down on on me. But uh, really interesting, Alex. Um, the, the 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 comments that were made there, I thought it was very well approached as a as a question it was quite well structured you do do this uh through college and and uh in the future hopefully this is what you'll be doing for a living how did you feel the reporter uh, approached the question because he was quite sensitive about that somebody was talking about him behind his back yeah i think first of all it was put very well the, the question and then um secondly i think arteta an answered it very well um, I'm glad that he didn't just sort of laugh it off or brush it under the carpet because he could have done easily just, oh, there's just rumours. Um, but I think we all felt him in that press conference and we felt his anger towards the rumours that were put, uh, put online yesterday. 
Um, and I really felt his passion for the club through that interview. And you can really tell he's got uh, unfinished business with with Arsenal and, and the passion he's got for the club sort of burned through that interview, I thought. Um, so I'm glad that he went in, in depth with, with the situation um, and didn't just brush it under the carpet um, like he could have done easily. Mm. Dale, um, would you see, as James put up in the comments there, would you see many people following up talk sport if the announcement was, yes, I'm going to leave Barcelona and go to Barcelona? Uh, many, look, listen, let, let, let's quantify this. I think there's certain sort of people that ring up uh, uh, talk sport and, and so on. So uh, when Wenger, on the final day of Wenger, and we, he said, I'm one of you, I'm a fan. Uh, I tell you, I, even now to this day, I got cold and on the back of my neck and I had a lump in my throat and a tear in my eye. But I ain't ringing up no... Uh, national radio station crying and worrying about his concern but it, it's just quite funny to see how many people would be that upset if he did leave um just make sure it's not my show when i'm working i'm on i'm on talk sport drive next week with uh yeah you'd uh, you'd love it wouldn't you <laughs> please call in and <laughs> keep me company but no um it's a, it's a very good point it's, it's uh, i do think um Arteta divides the fan base. <laughs> Arteta divides the fan base more than Klopp does. I think um, Liverpool. I think there's, I'd say ninety nine percent of Liverpool fans. This is me guessing. Would they love Klopp? I've never heard a Liverpool fan say a bad word about about Klopp. Unfortunately, um, we do have a fan base where you have uh, a, a larger than I'd like percentage. Um, who wouldn't be fussed if Arteta left? I mean, me personally, I think he is the right man for the job. Um, it's people are saying about is he winning enough soon enough? This is the most competitive the Premier League's ever been, with arguably two of the best ever Premier League sides in Liverpool and Manchester City. Look at them sides for anybody to come in and take the title off them, um, in one, two, three seasons. It's it's tough. It's there's a reason they called the Leicester one a miracle. Because it was a miracle. And I do think... <laughs> can we stop these pictures now? <laughs> um, but I do think um, the people do have a question. Um, and they have a right to question. I'd, I'd, I'd never want to silence anybody. Um, it's now pretty much Arteta's squad. Do I think we should be competing? Yes. I'll be competing? Yes. So I think on the back of that, I think we should start seeing some results. Trevor, your thoughts on 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 the interview, uh, the talk, rumours, how Arteta dealt with it, just the whole general thing? Because I know we had a, a brief chat on the phone earlier today. Well, do you know what, Fug? I've just been looking at it from a slightly different angle to you boys. In that, it seems strange that it didn't. Nothing came out about Arteta until after Klopp said he was leaving Liverpool. Okay, um, I can't believe that the press have come out with a story that that is unbelievable. I don't have a lot of time for a lot of the press, but I can't believe that any press man has come out and actually made a statement that, that uh, Arteta is leaving Arsenal. I think, my mind, and I'm, I'm probably way offline, but my, to my mind, I think those rumours probably started with the, the, the people that unfortunately follow us on social media and claim to be Arsenal fans, but just look for clicks and just look for bites and were looking to get something that was going to come high profile so they could jump on it and get their more clicks and call, you know, and make a mess of things. So it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't start with, with purporting Arsenal fans on social media. They're not Arsenal fans. 
that's my view anyway. Just a little something to, to before you finish off on that, folk. An interesting point that came to me today, right? Klopp has said he's leaving Liverpool at the end of the season, right? Klopp is leaving Liverpool at the end of the season, right? What vacancy comes up this summer? Barcelona. You heard it here first, if it happens. On that note there, Trev, can I just say as well, the outlet that released the uh, Arteta rumour is a Catalonian outlet. They're a Spanish, not even Spanish, a Catalonian paper slash magazine dedicated to Barcelona. I think it's nothing more than them stirring a shit pot. There's a Spanish manager doing well in another country, bringing back to Spain. That's all it is. That's nothing more. I, I personally don't think that Klopp will end up at Barcelona. I think he'll probably do a national team or he'll go to somewhere where they've got money like PSG because uh, Barcelona are quite stuffed at the minute. Uh, um, at the minute. Finally, um, uh, the TV companies and the Premier League have looked out for us uh, fans again. I know this is a midweek fixture thing. I know every, every team have got midweek fixtures. But um, uh, the 4th of March, uh, we're being dragged up to um, uh, Sheffield. Uh, for a Monday night fixture, uh, no trains back to London um, on on the Monday night. So thank you very much, uh, Premier League. Thank you very much, uh, Sky Sports. Uh, you uh, you remember that the next time, uh, God forbid, we ever have a lockdown again or anything like that, and you say the fans are the most key part to the atmosphere and the key part of the game. Because you remember what it was like when we weren't there? Well, you know, it costs us fortunes, absolute fortunes. Good. Listen... I, these television companies, right? These I don't have to name them. They loved lockdown. They loved lockdown because games were play, being played behind closed doors, and that was the only way they could watch it. That was the only way we could watch game of football by 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 paying our money to them people. They even started charging by the game, if you remember rightly. The TV companies, they even started charging by the game. Trust me, right? Those TV companies love lockdown. They filled their coffers with our subscriptions that we had to give them. Otherwise, we couldn't watch our team, could we? I could. I could. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> anyway, we're on. What do you mean, boys? What do you mean? <laughs> Listen, you know what? Um, I was on... I was on um, uh, Sophie's show. She was really, really kind enough to to invite me onto her show um, on Wednesday night. We talked about, you know, has Arsenal um, and have clubs sold the sold to merchandising, and we talked about the ballot, and we talked about like uh, uh, all how many shirt releases are, and how many different apparel ranges and everything else. But one topic came up. Uh, was uh, a controversial one, the one that most of people who contacted me about, um, I haven't spoken to Sophie yet about this, but I will do, but it was uh, our, our differing views on what we thought of um, the angel, North London Forever. And uh, Sophie uh, was of the opinion that um, she felt that it was more a marketing tool. Uh, and myself and Mark uh, Alger um, both came along and said, no, it was fan led. We know Ben Bennett and others uh, in in that area um, uh, promoted it, and and we pushed and pushed with fan pressure for the club to take one chance and one hit at it. It went off at um, at the Emirates Stadium. 
It was noise like we've never known before. The club loved it, and the club have taken it on from there. They've invited uh, Lewis to the game. He's been part of the game, part of the club. He's an Arsenal fan, uh, and we've had loads and loads and loads of um, Arsenal fans go to some of his gigs. But the one that was the most memorable one, and I'm going to get done by YouTube here, uh, so this bit will probably be cut out. So if you're not watching live, you should always watch live because this is what you get to see. Uh, this was just unreal. Oh. I wrote in my bedroom, as a little love letter to my own town, what it's gone on to be is nothing to do with me and it's all to do with you lot. So, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you all for being here. This has been one of the best nights of my, night, uh, my life. I'll never forget it. Be lucky, Hammersmith. I'll see you soon. This is called The Angel. This is for Stuart McFarlane. As I walk these streets alone, through this borough I call home, upon the barren fields of ivory, beneath the stadiums of stone, through the turnstiles at the angel, see the homeless on the green, from the Cali to the cross, and every shithole in between. Past the church, the mosque, the crack den And the offie on the corner See the brasses from the brothel That pretends to be a sauna Watch the venom in the bookies See the winners and the losers Seeking solace from their sorrow In the local battle cruisers Through the madness in the market Weathered faces turn to greet ya Hello governor, how's your mother? You right, son? Double pie and mash and liquor Cut the rosy Lee up chap Or watch retired gangsters bicker Every day in Arthur's calf The little fucker's calls in trouble For the causes make you smile You meet your muckers for a couple Forget your troubles for a while From the fool nil to the heavy All the faces of the same Cause the manner might be changing But the people still remain Trevor, you were there that night. Um, I, I was, I was, I was I right. I was very fortunate to be in that crowd of five thousand people in in the Amersmith Apollo that night, and he could have sold it out twice over, right? There was five thousand people in there, but he could have got ten thousand in there, right? And you know, there's one thing he said before he started the song. It's all to do with you lot, right? It's all to do with the fans, right? He didn't push it. Arsenal didn't push it. It's all to do with the fans. Now, Sophie, God bless her. She don't get to games. She's had a lot else going on at the moment, right? And she, and she weren't quite on the mark with what she said about the song. But you know, we can't all be we can't be all on the mark all of the time. So I've, I've, I've nothing to do with Sophie for that, you know. 
we, we can all relate to it. I can relate to it. Anyone, I was born and brought up in North London. We can all relate to this song, right? And, and you don't have to be from North London. You'd be from any city, any town. And there's bits of this chorus, bits of this song that that will make you think, right? That will make you start thinking about growing up and passion and commitment. And so just, I, I've written down four points before we came on to it, right? Go on. The fans demanded it, all right? Most fans love it. I respect those fans that don't love it, right? I respect it 100%. Those fans that don't love it. But those fans that don't love it should also respect what it does for our great football club, and for what it does for our team, and what it does for our players. And, you know, it will be sung now for as long as we know. It's so important now. And I just want to see more and more people singing it. It, it, it gets me and it gets a lot of people. It does. It does. It's absolutely stunning. Um, we're probably going to get done for that. I, I hope when us talking over it, we'll allow it uh, to get... I, I'll put the appeal into YouTube and, you know, it, I, I'm sure uh, Lewis Dunford and I think it's Sony Music will will be cool with it, but it, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, you put in the private chat, uh, Del Electric, what I would do to be in that room. Yeah. Yeah, just wow. I mean, Alex said it before. Like one of the things he looks forward to when coming to the ground is is that song. And uh, look at the just look before kickoff. Just just look around. Just listen. Take it in. Put, uh, like, obviously, we do it week in week out. But for those who are going for the first time in a long time, or the, those that are going for the first time, put your keep your phone in your pocket and just just listen, absorb it, become a part of it because you really do feel and it's, oh, it is electric. Absolutely, it, it it's interesting. Like as you said, Trev earlier, and uh, Barry's but up here he hates the song. He doesn't, but it does the job. It gets the atmosphere going as pre kickoff. Like, I don't particularly like uh, you walk alone, and I'm a Celtic fan from my Irish heritage as well, which they use that song because it makes me think of Liverpool. But uh, if you hear West Ham with bubbles and all the different, the, uh, we're going to see it here tomorrow night, Mulligan Tire. Uh, you know, it's going to be sung out at the top of their lungs. And most of those, it's a 1978 number one for, for Paul McCartney. I, I was seven. I, I remember it as a kid in the car when my mum and dad would listen to it. I thought it was mournful and awful. Um, but it's something that uh, they've attached themselves to. They've identified that, and it's an identity for their club. But the Mullivick Tire has absolutely nothing to do with the, the fog on the trench. But at least North London Forever, the Angel, is about the Angel. It's about the Cali. It's about the Highbury Fields. It's about the Stones of Highbury. It, it, it's about the club itself. And I'll, I'll go to you to have a final word before Alex uh, gives his view on it. Well, all right, mate. Barry gets it, you know. Barry absolutely gets it, right? You don't have to like the song. People, not, it'd, be, it'd be horrible if we were all the same and we all like the same thing all the time, right? You don't have to like the song. Most people do, but you don't have to like it. But if you're a fan of the Arsenal, like Barry said there, you've got to see what it does to the team you support. The, um, the manager wants us to sing it. The players want us to sing it. The players sing along when we sing it, right? That's how important it is. So if you don't like it, that's fine. If 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 you're not keen on it, that's fine. But if you want to sing it, but just bearing in mind that it lifts our team and gives us maybe a better chance of winning, then why not? You know, why not? Alex, 
apart from a happy birthday to 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 me on Sunday, I bet you this is the second most favourite song you're looking to sing in on Sunday when you arrive over for the Liverpool game. You're right, mate. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Can't wait to sing happy birthday in the morning when I come over. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, it's really something I look forward to um, so so much every time I come over and and I put it on repeat when I'm on the on the plane on the way over. I put it on repeat and I listen to it um, f- for one hour uh, in the plane when I come over. Um, and like Trev said, music is a subjective thing. Some won't like the song, but at least it's something that we can gather around before kickoff and it lifts the team. Um, so I think we can just all encourage people to to sing along and embrace the song. Um, and like we've we've stated, it's it's fan led. It's come from from us fans, and it's about the Arsenal and and North London. So hopefully, more and more people will just embrace the song because for me, it's it's here to stay. I can't see um, how it's how how it will disappear suddenly. I think it's gonna it's gonna stay here for a long time, forever. Hopefully, because um, yeah, I just love the song, and I can't wait for for Sunday. Well, I'm going to be over and hopefully seeing a lot of you people in the chat um, and singing singing the song in the ground. Okay. Guys, um, you know what I, I said? Uh, you know, we've only got a preview to do. We're just going to talk about the game. I think it's going to be a short one. We should be done in about 45 minutes. I'll allow an hour because I know we always overshoot because we start talking an hour and 20. We've done it again and it's just, it's absolutely flawed. Dale, uh, really enjoyed having you on tonight. Um, I know you, you stood in for the, the Ginger Winger. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been great having you on, especially after a busy day on on, on Talk Sport, you know, and Sky Sports. It, it's, you know, it, I, I'm just, I'm so glad you, you spare us your time. Um, uh, uh, Alex, I will see you on Sunday. Uh, I'll pick you up as usual. Uh, li- limousine, red carpet, the whole thing. And then uh, it's getting on the beers. Trevor, you're not making it down um, for various reasons. Just because he doesn't want to buy a pint for a birthday boy. That's the real reason, isn't it? Easy, Tiger. Easy, Tiger. <laughs> I was just about to be nice and say happy birthday, mate. I'm sorry I'm not there. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good. Uh, Paul, yeah, Fergus and myself are there tomorrow. Um, Dale and 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 what's his name, Alex? That's it, young lad. Oi, watch <laughs> it, <laughs> they, Lord they But we'll be there tomorrow. Um, it's been a great show again, isn't it, Fergus? Look at the time, twenty-two yeah. minutes. You're chatting away. We've even Listen. we've even carried Jamie O'Hara for a for, for a full <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, if you like what we do, click on the like, click on the subscribe, go over on the YouTube, yeah, try and get our numbers up to a thousand. I'm really happy to see new faces in the chat. I'm really happy to see uh regular faces in the chat as well. I've really enjoyed it. Um, thanks very much. Up the Arsenal, fuck the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.